Yo, this is Sean Paul, and you are checking out What's the Podcast with the infamous Abdul. You don't know DJ Jerome Baker Street, where Eddie and the man them call Silent Tom. Blazing them, letting them know. What's the podcast? What's the podcast? Special edition, uh, take creative control edition here at the Eaton Hotel. Live uh, and direct. Live and direct. We're in the building with many other people, but... Uh, of course, to my right. Oh, of course, I am DJ Jerome Baker III, the best DJ you say. know. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, thank you. Best DJ. Next to me is my man Hashtag Street, where Eddie he's back in the building, and uh, of course to his right is Abdul. <laughs> Yo, Abdul. what's up? Just Abdul. Yeah, uh, we're joined. We're at the Eden Hotel tonight uh, for the Take Creative Control event. Silent Tom producer. Silent Tom producer extraordinary in the building. Shout DJ out to Josh Jamil. Sonic in the building. Yeah, no doubt. One time, and our first guest, esteemed guest of the function. One time for Tabby Bonet, bam, 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 air horns, and artist exclusive to the stars, Naturel. To the stars, to the stars. What's, what's going on? What's and good? is a star. Is a star. Yeah, two stars in the building. Multiple stars in the building. <laughs> in the building we got multiple stars got everywhere. Star. It's a starry night. You know? <laughs> Constellation. Yeah. Constellation. If you, if you like the Big Dipper, we're here. So pause. Hey yo, uh, <laughs> hey yo, I don't like the Big Dipper. Chill. So word up. Uh, obviously, we're here in the building tonight um, to handle business for the Take Creative Control, which is going on right now at Eaton Hotel. Fantastic turnout. Uh, just a g- great amount of people, good energy, good um, vibes, so to speak. And, uh, you and know, an open bar. And an open bar. I'm not drinking right now. Did y'all try the Impossible Burgers? Yes, sir. She was fire. Oh, I, that was an impossible. That was my first time. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yo, did you try it? I, 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 I crushed four know. of them. I a little, a little, a little, yeah, a little yeah. ketchup would have been a game changer. But they you were know. banging without ketchup. True. That's, that. yeah, that's true. Just, that good without ketchup. Imagine how good they yeah. were with ketchup. A little bit of And you know, I thought about this. Remember when Tabby told us about what ketchup was for? I was like, ah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Hold on. What's ketchup for? I'm oh. Listening. oh, on episode 28 of What's a Podcast, parent, 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 uh, our guest host, Tabby Wanae, informed us that ketchup was used to cover the smell or the, the taste. The stench of meat. The stench of raw meat that people at the time that's were That's why eating. it was created. Okay. That's why ketchup was created. So where was ketchup created? Here in America. Well, Here it was first Chinese, but okay. then oh. an American Heinz. Okay, there you go. Created it. He, he made it with tomato because yeah. at, at the time they weren't using tomato. There we go. Wow. Shout out to Heinz. Knowledge, Jules. Remember to listen to episode 28 of What's a Podcast. That's what What's a Podcast does is just drops gems. <laughs> Drop gems. <laughs> so we want to take some time, obviously, to uh, get to know both uh, Tabby Further and Naturel because they're both extremely talented individuals. Uh, they've worked together. Um, and created something special. And at the same time, we want to get, you know, obviously we just had an incredible conversation with Tabby, uh, one of our best episodes ever, episode 28. And, um, but natural, <laughs> we want to get kind of into everything that you're about, you know what I'm saying, where you're from, just the whole, the whole, uh, the whole, the whole story for the people. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm from Mitchellville, Maryland, you know, PG County, Maryland. Right. Um, just creative all around, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? What high school you go to? Suitland High School. Oh, yeah. okay. The Rams. He's yeah. from the okay. mud. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And then just art. Like, at what point in time did you say, you, I'm an artist? Like, you know what I'm saying? Was it a natural thing? Mm-hmm. Or was yeah. it like... <laughs> or was it just like, did it multiple mediums? Or how did yeah. it sort of take, you know, take I, graph of you? Look, I've always been a creative, you know what okay. I'm saying? And um, when I came up, like, my father was a, a, a bassist. 
Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, and played all the instruments or whatever, but the, the, the living room was a studio. Oh, tight. Yeah, so the... You know how like kids like play with stuff they shouldn't yeah. be playing with. Yeah. I was playing with his records, gotcha. and all the records that um, the funk records like Commodores and like Ohio Players and like um, some of the highly illustrative stuff. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like I, I used to think that those artists were the ones that created um, the album covers. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, the yeah. ones that like played the music so and sang. Like the music. With I the thought it was only like one person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like ever since I was yeah. a kid. So that's what I wanted to be. And so I pursued everything. I pursued music and art and, you know what I'm saying, like all the graphic design stuff and all that. Yeah. You know, until like, you know, I found out that it was like, oh, there's like specific disciplines there. So, you know. That's crazy that both of you somehow managed to like find your way to, I mean, obviously smart people and creative people like find a way to meet each other throughout life. But his dad was a big musician as well. Yeah. yeah, Did Did you know that? Did you all know that about each other? I found that out. I think he, yeah, yeah. We, we, we had a conversation. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy because, like, I mean, you know, this is a DC legend, you know what I'm saying? For so, sure. You know, it, it was it was really, um, you know, my luck being able to kind of meet him, you know what I'm saying? And um, I was in the right place at the right time to, to be able to kind of, you know, orbit, you know, what he got going on. So on uh, What's a Podcast, we, we discuss sneakers a lot. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so I believe you had a really successful collab with Puma. Yes, sir. That was what? Give it, last year? 2018? Uh, yeah, it was last year and the year before. So it was okay. like a two and a half, maybe three-year adventure. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Give, us the, give us the ins Global. and outs of that because we're, we're sneaker dudes. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I work at Commonwealth. Abdul's are not. He works. He doesn't work there, but he works there. I work there more than I, I should am. be on the payroll. Yeah, yeah. Abdul's definitely I'm on the Abdul's there more than I'm there, and I'm on My payroll. My kids are there more than everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so how did that come about as well? Um, so the 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 brothers, um, D and Ricky, mm-hmm. uh, like they they've been supportive, like you know from the get go. They had a Puma deal before me. They called. Um, they called me and they were like, "Do you like Puma?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" You know what I'm saying? So. They were like, well, run your name up the flagpole because they're looking. And I was like, all right, cool. So they gave me the little, you know, handoff. And then from there, um, uh, the deal kind of sat for like a while. Mm-hmm. And then somehow it got to the folks out in Germany. And then it was just... Buttons uh, were pushed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, they flew me out there. I got flunked out, you know? Yeah, <laughs> got flunked out. Yeah, got I got flunked, flunked out. out. <laughs> flunked out. Yeah, sure. man, for real. Like, you know, I went out there and... Um, it was a dream, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I got to z- d- design like off the bat. First season was 13 styles, wow. men's and women's, kids, uh, apparel, you know, accessories, Jesus. everything. The full nine. Like your own line. Yeah. To yeah. that date, to that date, it was the biggest contract besides Rihanna. And then, and then the weekend came. That's like, amazing. I, was I think I sent you a text when I was in India for sneaker pimps, and I went yeah. to a Foot Locker <laughs> over there, and they. It was natural billboards throughout the yeah, whole mall. Yeah, so dope. Yeah, it was yeah. great, man. It was like a 90, 97% sell-through, so you know, successful. That's you know, fantastic. Yeah, yeah sure. for sure. So first I think, artist, first real like fine artist. Yeah, art. Yeah, saying, yeah, like, for sure. I think you actually ended up changing one of the silhouettes on one of the shoes as well. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about now Puma bringing that silhouette back, but without right. Naturel's yeah. tag associated with it? Yeah, not so, well, that's what they do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's that's what, why you so, got paid. That's what they do. Yeah, you know I mean? that's that's what all big, bigger brands will do. Like they they seek out talent, and yeah. if it works, you know what I'm saying, then they bring it in house. Run with it. Yeah. Mm. So like you know, coming in, I knew the game. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, all right, I want the creeper. 
Yeah. Because yeah. the Creeper wasn't in house at the time. It was just Rihanna's. Right. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to do my silhouettes, but I want the Creeper too. You know, so that's fine. You know, G up the numbers. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's what they do. So, I mean, I think that's a great example of kind of like knowing the game ahead of time, right? Because yeah. you knew what was there. And like, obviously, with Take Creative Control, they're trying to give people an understanding of like, you need to know the game as much as possible. Yeah. Right? Because somebody who might not have been as informed as you were could feel a whole nother kind of way yeah. about them taking the silhouette after they did the work. You know oh, what I'm saying? Me, I, felt, I, felt, I felt the okay. way. Okay. <laughs> Even with the knowledge. Even with the knowledge. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's still like, my work. Yeah. But at yeah. the same yeah, time, it's, it's like, you know, like it's, it's, you give a little and you take a little. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sure. So definitely shout out to the Puma family. Are you still involved with Puma? Not at this moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm kind of a, a free agent, but I am in talks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the idea was to get, to get a successful run and then take the numbers and leverage. You know mm. what I'm saying? So, you know, like from there, it's just being able to kind of see where I want to go. Yeah. And then um, be able to do it in a smart way. Yeah. You know, it's like never, never take the, the same deal twice. You know what I'm saying? Definitely yeah. build on that. So being that we're here for Take Creative Control, yeah. how do you all feel, Tabby, especially you as an artist and and coming up in the time when you did? And I don't even know if there were enough resources around to really... <laughs> educate like brothers coming into the music business as far as like owning your shit protecting your own musical rights as well as your own intellectual property like being that this is widely available to everybody upstairs for free like what do you what are your thoughts on that amongst our peers and looking up stuff online to see what what to do I remember my first album I just walked it down the street to Library of Congress and just Handed it in. What happens at Library of Congress? They just make it's copyright written. Just they make sure that it's on file. So I did that, and then I felt like everything else after that I should be hopefully protected. I didn't really know. I just was going through the motions. Yeah. 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 Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. A lot lot of us don't don't know. Yeah. And I've I've had some infringements. Really. Some yes. Okay. Some big artists, but. You it's you can't battle them unless you got money. Yeah. So it's like you, you know, eat it. you got it. Yeah. Damn. I Damn. remember I talked to a lawyer. I, I needed at least forty thousand just to get the ball rolling. Yeah. Let's talk to somebody upstairs. Let's get the <laughs> let's take get creative the ball. control here. <laughs> take creative control. They're gonna take one third of the cut. <laughs> <laughs> so I naturally I've never really heard about. Do they bootleg in art like? Oh, all the time, all the time, and then I mean, is yeah, it? I mean, you can buy like yeah. fake Mona Lisa's everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you know I never mean? even thought about that. Like, yeah. yeah, prints everywhere. Everybody yeah. got a fake Mona Lisa. Yeah. So what? What? What do you do? Do you even I'm look saying, into protecting your stuff? Or yeah, you send a little C and D's. You know what I'm saying? Like the folks or whatever. If they if they violate, most of the time, like shout outs to all my followers on Instagram. They mob up and they do. Yeah, they do call work. people out. Yeah, they do work. Yeah, bro. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it's just like it's like the beehive. You know what I mean? They go hard. <laughs> so they're actually calling out other artists who might have potentially time, stole yeah. your style or all something like that. But but what about like somebody who just produces a shitload of your prints, yeah, for like example? Comedy. And yeah, so you just send it like a C and D usually they go away yeah if they don't then you know you got, you got right? lawyers yeah you got lawyers for that so what's your 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 thought or what do you guys think about the event upstairs oh it's a beautiful thing you know like like uh like Tabby was saying like most creatives don't know coming in you know what I'm saying like so to be able to have some type of 
uh, legal advice or any any type of like uh, seniority kind of you know like cast light on the things that you're doing. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like it's uh, it's great because it's all about what you know. I was telling my homie outside, I was like, yo, like the best part of doing business as a seasoned person is the fact that you know things. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you're not like, you know, you're ducking some of the some of the the, the, the bullets, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's it's uh it's definitely great to be in a room full of resources. Yeah. Know? So I think last year you had Tabby, you started Le Bon Voyage. That's the right way to say it, by the way. You yeah. a hater, me. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome, Jerome still doesn't know how to pronounce that. Wow. He's working on it. <laughs> and so you, you did Le Bon Voyage with the photo exhibit at first. Was something already in works with Naturel at the time, or that kind of came it, it, it later on? How, how did that even yeah. work out? Yeah, it just happened organically. We, we met in... I thought he was super dope because I didn't know his name, but I saw the artwork Yeah, uh, throughout the city. I think what you had the thing at RFK Stadium. Um, and, just you know, I would just see it. And I had no idea this artist was from the area. I didn't so, know that either. I'll yeah, be honest. It was yeah. like super cool to like meet him. And then, you know, he just shares so much. Uh, creative knowledge that just really cool, man. We just really bonded and, and vibed and that uh, collab just just kind of came about. It's a beautiful piece. I got it in my house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's what's the who's the what's the your favorite piece that you've done and who was the biggest celebrity actually that that reached out to you and was like, "Yo, I'm trying to get a piece from you." Damn, the biggest? I mean, you had some names. You got Yeah, I mean, I, I've I, heard Rihanna, yeah. Jay, Spike Lee, yeah, yeah, Floyd, yeah, the list goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's the who do you see is the biggest out of all that? It's like the same. The biggest, my mama. There you go. There you go. Yeah, good answer. True. Most important is my mama. She asked for my work, but yeah, I'm look. I'm when I get some for free. Yeah, I'm so I'm so blessed. You know what I'm saying to be able to to have at least that. You know what I'm saying like, and it happened early on, and that that was the the reason for my success was. Uh, you know, Diddy and Swizz and um, Rihanna and like all these folks supporting early on, you know what I'm saying? Just kind of vouched for what I was doing. And then from there, it was just, uh, you know, downhill. So like, you know, like it's, it's, it's a blessing to have it, but it's not 100% of what, it's not even like 10% of, of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. of everything. And like, you know, my team and uh, my manager Greg and my family, you know what I'm saying, and everybody I got around me or whatever is like, they're the real ones that kind of keep the machine moving. But the celebrity stuff is, I mean, it's fun. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's really sick. Who y'all think you would like to work with next, if anyone? Oh man, what? <laughs> <laughs> who would who would you be? Who would your perfect collab be with right now? Yeah. Damn, you gonna put me out there? Truth? Yeah. Hundred percent? Yeah. Um What's the podcast? <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, Don C. Don C, okay. Yeah. Like I met the brother a few times. I got his number like years ago. Yeah. I don't even know how to use that joint. <laughs> no, you just yeah. you reach out. Reach yeah. out. Yeah, that's what I mean, you know. Like and he told me, you yeah, know how you mean he told me a few times or whatever. But it's just I you know, there's certain people that, that you see and you expect their work a lot. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's just one of those things where it's like, all right, I got to be ready. Like, I got to get my, you know, 
So, you know. Don C. Okay, we're going to put it out there. Don C. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call him. <laughs> Tabby, how about you? Musically or even artistically, what do you, um, who would you think you're, you would like to collab just, with next? Just, I think on a thought level. Sure. Don't yeah. Any capacity. Yeah. yeah. Any capacity. When I told him to just reach out, I just reached out to Jerry Lorenzo last week. Oh, shit. And, and he hit me immediately back and was like, what's up, brother? How you been? Because we went to yeah. the same college. Together. Oh, shit. But Sam, you. it was just like just that mutual where you, it's like, so I, don't yeah. be scared to. Yeah. You knew him in college or you just went to the same school? I didn't school? know. Yeah, I didn't know him. But we have. Mutual a friends. lot of mutual friends. Jerry Lorenzo, come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I think even just just talking and brainstorming, yeah. I, I think we take for granted those types. I'd love of, to be in that room. Yeah, those types just of fly on the wall yeah. with them two talking, man. Yeah, like like this. Tabby was in my studio for like a month, a month solid. You know what I'm saying? And I was just like, yeah, yeah, take whatever you need, do whatever you need, or whatever. Like just because I wanted to hear. <laughs> What was going on? Yeah, like, like just you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I was, I was so because you meet the, you meet you meet the, uh, you know the artist. So first, like you know, like from him and his art or whatever. I I met the the sound first and what he was saying. So you know you formulate certain certain um, impressions, and then like you meet the person and it's just it's amazing. Like you know what I'm saying. Puts everything together. Yeah, because at this point, like you know, you meet a lot of people, right? Yeah. Um, I don't want to meet people. Like I'm the same way. I don't, yeah, because I don't want to I don't wanna be disappointed. Yeah, you know That's what I'm right. saying. And so when I when I when when I met him, and I was fortunate enough to meet him. I was like, whoa, I gotta, I gotta change my temperature. You know what I'm saying out here? Because I mean, he's su- such a cool soul. You know, and like filled with like a lot of knowledge. Knowledge, kind, yeah. Really kind person. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not just saying that because you're here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's it's uh, it made me. His thoughtfulness made me reconsider my thoughtfulness. Mm. And that's like beyond that's, anything creative, beyond anything I could gain from him or the whatever, you know what I'm saying? Anybody. Yeah. yeah, it's just you being know? able to be like, all right, cool, let me reevaluate some of the basic shit that I yeah. got going on or whatever. So, okay. you know, because any, anything that you hear coming out of his mouth or whatever is like super thoughtful. Knowledge you know? constantly. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I was like, wow, this is a kind guy. I, I got to. So, you know, like uh, everything. Um, just being around him enough or whatever to be able be able to do something with him was 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 a blessing, you know. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. yeah. Any last words? I think we killed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. We killed it. I think we killed it. Yeah. Right out. Guys, thank you for joining yeah, us at Take so Creative much. Control, man. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> What's the podcast? We back. Uh, shout out to uh, Naturel. Uh, Tabby Bonet, uh, fantastic interview. Uh, we're now back with Grammy Award winning artist Manny Wells. Bam, 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 bam. First time ever we got First a Grammy Award ever. winner yeah, on the show. Yeah, That's right. Royalty in the building. You know what I'm saying? Ooh-la-la. Kings. Ooh-la-la. We're here. Ooh la la. Word up. <laughs> yeah. Um, First of all, Manny, we need some merch. You know what I'm saying? Just to get that sure. out of the way. Get yeah, that sure. out of the way. Ooh la la. The sure. brand is cake and we love it. I'm going to get everyone's content. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, but no, real talk, we definitely appreciate you coming up, you know what I'm saying, chopping it up with us. Take creative control of the event. It's going really well upstairs. Uh, we understand your panel just ended, so we just want to obviously see what's good, you know what I'm saying, find out 
Um, you know, obviously your opinion on take creative control, you know, intellectual property, things of that nature, and just kind of, you know, hear your story in full because it's a wonderful story. Yeah. And I think that people need to hear it in full. Right, right. You know right. what I'm saying? So, um, I guess it's uh, hashtag undocumented and unafraid. Yes. Speak to that. Man, so I was born in Nigeria. Uh, I moved to the States when I was nine. And um, family had, like, some legal issues. And um, so my my sister and I and my mom's legal situations weren't fully handled. And that caused um, us to be, I guess, undocumented. Yeah. So we couldn't, couldn't work. We couldn't take jobs. We couldn't, I couldn't drive till I was, like, 20. How old Damn. Were you Nine. 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 Wow. So, yeah. So, um, long story short, 2012, Obama passes the law, um, creates a program called DACA. Yes. And um, he, that allows us to, like, get Social Security numbers, and then I was able to get my license, and I was able to get a job, start a business, start an LLC, and all that good stuff, be able to kind of, like, move more freely within the United States. Initially, I was able to travel outside, but I needed... um. Um, an advanced parole, but as soon as Trump came came into the system, they took away advanced he parole. Shut it down. So when I went on tour with Jadena, I couldn't do Canada. I couldn't do anything. So I have like my second biggest city is Lagos, which is where I'm from, and I can't go back home oh, and do man. a show Damn. right now. So it's um it's a blessing, and but it's also frustrating as well sure. because I can't go home and do what I want to do with my people. So where did you grow up when you came here? Uh, Maryland, Peachy County. Part? PG County. Okay. So Bowie, we moved straight into Bowie. And then seven years ago, we moved to Laurel, Maryland, yeah. which is kind of like the middle of like Howard and Rondo. That's where you PG. went to high school? In Laurel or in Bowie? So I, I moved to Laurel after I graduated high school. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the D- DMV area got a lot of African heavyweights. I yeah. mean, I'm West African. I'm also a heavyweight in the music business. Yes. You all didn't know that? Didn't know that. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm lying. I'm lying. But, I mean, you come behind people like Tabby Bonet, you got Wale, you yeah. got Phil Ade, you got Odyssey. I mean, what, how do you feel? Did you grow up listening to these guys? I mean, obviously, you're the yeah. youngest. You're super young, so. Man, I listen to all of them from, from Wale because my middle name is Wale, so that was also inspiring seeing somebody that's the same name as me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, everyone at home calls me Wale, so. And funny story, I actually just came back from Vivo with Wale today from oh, New York. Dope. So it's Wicked. Just, it's, it's just really dope to see, like, how they are as big as they are they still like you know look back and like oh this guy's doing his thing let's see how yeah. we could collab yeah what do you need or how can we help so Phil I haven't met Odyssey yet but I know Tabby I know Wale and Phil yeah who else is there any other African or West African people from here I think those are the biggest names, to be honest. Those are some big names. Though. Those are some Anywhere big names. You go, in, you know yeah, 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 like, just music, period. In yeah. music, period. Yeah. Those are yeah. some really, really talented individuals. Uh, obviously, they are African and they're DMV uh, residents as well. Yeah. You know, natives or, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, continuing that lineage is dope. It's mm-hmm. something that you're going to do. You do it with pride as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I guess, like, when it comes to the music business and things of that nature like have you had positive experiences or is it one of those things where you're still kind of like getting your feet wet when it comes to like 
we all kind of hear stories about people getting jerked around and like their like like you know like you said their intellectual property sometimes getting or even like their physical music getting stolen because they're not like a heavyweight or something like that like are you operating at like a, a level where you're kind of good on that or is it still something that i am very good and i'm good because i love one, it i love the confidence there we go because it's very good number one god so uh yeah my dad instilled in me like the entrepreneurship spirit just to know everything and i remember when i was younger he'll be like yo go learn how to graphic design i'm like for what i just want to make beats He'll be like, yo, just learn about contracts. So he, for a long time, I, I didn't really listen to him at first, but then the older I got, I was like, oh, that's why he told me to do that. And then one of my like, um, like OG's mentor, Yudu Gray from from House Studios. Yeah. Um, sharp guy, man. Okay. He's just like, yo, you're a superstar, but you got to know everything. So you're going to know what I'm doing with your stuff. You're going to know about royalties, splits, the business, everything. And then on top of that, hiring like an attorney who's also young and hungry as well that knows his stuff to the T. So like I I can't ever be played with. On top of that is YouTube. So I'm just There's a lot I of love resources this stuff. Out there. So I legit yeah. just sit down, watch, listen, read. I've read like the music industry book right, like, right, right. five times. Like I think know. every artist should take yeah. that level of responsibility though. You know what I'm saying? So that I mean, I think it doesn't get in the way of the artistry as well. Yeah. Like, the more you know, it can't hurt, right? Yeah, because absolutely. you want to be armed with all the knowledge you can. And, you, and you know, having mentors and then having your own curiosity just sets you apart from everybody right. else. And like you said, it gives you the confidence to be like, yo, y'all y'all not going to play with me. Yeah, that's legit. Like, no one, like, <laughs> no one's like, playing with me. Like, when we, when we have, like, label meetings and I'm, like, running the meetings, they're like, who's this guy? Right. Like, you know, so yeah, thank God. Yeah. Well, see, I just, yeah, seeing the artists that are responsible, obviously, we all have heard the horror stories, and sometimes we don't see them being, so I can see why they would be taken aback, but at the same time, you know, like, you're keeping the power in your hands, yeah. and uh, you're not allowing them to, to dictate your career. Right, right. And I think that's super important. Obviously, what we're learning with Take Creative Control is just, like, take creative control. You know protect your artistry. Yeah, yeah. protect yeah. your artistry, 100%. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what did you think about uh, the event upstairs? I loved it, man. I think it's really important, especially for... Artists in this area, um, we watch a lot of videos and like interviews, but a lot of those things don't feel like reachable. They, they don't feel tangible. But to be able to walk upstairs and they're like lawyers and copyright and attorneys and playlisters and digital, it's like, dang, this is yeah. a whole menu here. It's a whole menu so of resources. If you're smart enough, you'll eat. You right. Know? Yeah. So, um, but I, I love it, man. It's really encouraging to see that people care about creative people. You know, yeah. like for a long time, especially in the African household, like if you're creative, it's like, okay, cool, but go get a job. Go be, be a doctor. doctor. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's cool to see that like creative people are appreciated. How did your family react when no, you said, uh, when you were like, hey, I'm, I think I'm going to make music? Um, Not like other families. So, my dad's a musician. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I started performing with my dad when I was like, I remember the first weekend I moved to the United States, he had a show and he passes me the mic. Oh, shit. Says, I'm like, <laughs> what kind of music does he do? Um, It's like, so there's a style of music called Juju, which yeah, means dance. Of course. Yeah, but he makes Juju gospel. Yeah, so. Um, so he did. Shows in churches and shows in churches, African and churches, parties, and then he wrote a record in Nigeria actually for our church that sold like over a million records. Wow. But 
Due to the fact that they weren't educated, they got screwed over. Uh, like, the mm. guy that marketed this stuff took all yeah, the money. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So, like, from his experience, he's like, yo, make sure you learn everything like, yeah. as a creative. Yeah, I think I think so. You you came from a little bit different of a yeah. West African household, especially when you said earlier your father was telling you learn everything yeah. like graphic design exactly. and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, normally, West African parents are just like, "Yo, go be a lawyer, yeah. go be a doctor." But, uh, they still wanted me to go to school though. <laughs> um, but yeah, nah, really, it's like, true. Yeah, they're like, like when I go to church and like, what are you doing? I, I'm making music. They're like, huh? Yeah. Get a job. <laughs> got a job. Got a job. Exactly, but yeah, I, I don't even try to no explain money. it. I don't yeah. try to explain it to yeah. them anymore. Just you'll idea. figure it out. Yeah. So you've now been making music for a while now. Yeah, a little bit. Who's uh, who's the most famous person you met who was like, yo, I fuck with your music? That shocked you? Uh, Janelle. Janelle Monet. Wow, that's a big heavyweight right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Janelle, um, I did the tour with Jadena and then her partner, uh, Mikhail, who also like manages Jadena. I guess he just showed her the stuff. And she's like, yo, when we actually met, we met like a couple of times and she seen like, yo, I see you, like, congrats on everything. And I'm like, sheesh, <laughs> you know, that's. She really, knows me. She, yeah. Yeah. She's doing her thing and she's yeah, killing. Of she, course. I know she has a bunch of things to remember. Every time, every time we see it, it's like, yo, good stuff. Keep going. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, that's super dope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she has a very, like, warm spirit. Just, she's an awesome person. Yeah. I, uh, I DJ the party DJ as well. So I DJ the party. And I DJ I Everyday People in New York. So oh, it was the wow. first time that Jadena was performing uh, Classic Man. Mm -hmm. And she was in the crowd, like, leading the energy, like, yeah. getting people to, like, they never heard it, but right. so when they, she's in the you crowd. Nah, he was performing. Okay, okay. She's in the crowd, like literally, like you would have thought she was just whoever. Fan. She, yeah, she just fit. She, and, but she's in the crowd, getting the energy going and getting people dancing and they're understanding and seeing her. You know, what I'm saying, be a team player of that level yeah. just was like, I was like, yo, she's incredible. Yeah. And she makes. She makes. Jadena is signed to her label, right? Or was at one time. At one point in time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He just he just put out an album too. Yeah, yeah he did. So. Fire jump. Yeah. yeah. Check it out. So, yeah. I mean, what else we have? What um uh, most important question, best igusi and jollof in the area, other than your mother's? <laughs> I was about to say my mom. <laughs> I already knew that was coming. Um, Zion Cafe. Where, where do you go to go eat? Zion is good. That's fire. Zion is good. I don't really eat out eat out much, as far as like African food, um. But uh, Kingsway and Laurel. Okay, it's pretty good too. Kingsway. Owners, yeah. All right. Yeah. That Kingsway. sounds official. I'm gonna have to Kingsway. make a trip out to Laurel. Kingsway is pretty decent. I think that's in Heightsville. Yeah, that's like in Heightsville. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good answers. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I've not been to Zion. Bro, Zion. Zion is tough. Yeah? yeah. Where's Zion at? It's right on South Dakota. Like, uh, right before you hit New York Island. If you're coming oh. down South Dakota, you go over the bridge. Yeah. It's right there on the right hand side. It's like Zion Cafe. I know exactly where it is. It's, little, it's yes. a very awkward spot. I know exactly. It's, it's right when he's going it. around the bend. Yeah. And they, they just make up their own hours, too. So you got to catch um, it at the right time. Probably. <laughs> they open and close at their own leisure. Yeah. They know they got the power. You're going to eat with yeah. Food is banging. Yeah. Fire. Okay. Yeah. What else we got for Manny? Anything else? 
I mean, he he hit he hit all the proper. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we know what it is. We got to get him on. What's the podcast? Yeah, we got to come come and have you do a full fledged interview with Let's us. We'd Please, love to have that, yeah, man, for sure. Where yeah, um, yeah. I mean. Manny Wells, take creative control. Thank you very much. We Thank appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother. Uh, we'll get you our t-shirt sizes, and we'll get get you on a podcast. Good <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. What's the podcast? We're back. Shout out to Manny Wells, fantastic guest. Check his Grammy music. award winner. Grammy award winning. It's the Ooh first la time la. we got a Grammy award winner yeah. on the Ooh podcast. La la is his steeds. Make sure you check it out. And. Um, we're now, t- Take Care of Control, we're still in the building, what's the podcast? We're now very happy to be joined by the one, the only, what? very smart brothers. The two, the bam, and bam, only. Bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> the two of the only two. Yeah. The two of the only two. One time for Panama Jackson. Bam, 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 bam. Oh, yes. Okay. There you go. And Damon Young, welcome. Damon Young, peace, fellas, right. how are you doing? All right, what's up? Uh, take creative control. We're here. Obviously, uh, you guys are heavyweights in the media, in in just the game. Moguls, moguls. Oh, wow, <laughs> never, <laughs> never been that. That's the new one. one. I feel you like okay, I mean, okay. Listen, hey man, listen. Um, I feel like you guys are just well versed in pretty much everything that they're talking about tonight. I feel like you guys' media and content creation is just consistent. Whether it's uh, a physical book that's been veterans in the game. Veterans also. in the game. Yeah, money in the grave. You know what I'm saying? Like it's heavy. <laughs> it's heavyweight. It's heavyweight. Um, there's podcasts. There's published novels. There's uh, moderating uh, moderation of panels. I mean, you guys cover cover it all and do it extremely well. Do it to the content best. experts. There you go. Moguls. Moguls. Yes. <laughs> Again. I mean, you know, I, I feel like it's it's a lot for us to try to do. But I feel like you guys can explain it on your own just in terms of who you are, what you do, and, like, the the variety of what you offer, is, it doesn't stop. It's, it's consistent. And you guys are local DMV guys as well? Uh, he is. Um, Panama is, and um, I'm from Pittsburgh. Okay. I okay. Pittsburgh, so I live here. I live in Southeast. You grew up in you Southeast? No, no, I just live here. I'm, okay. I'm from, yeah, I'm from down south. I went to high school in Alabama, college in Atlanta. So, you know, but I'm, I've been here for like 20 years. So, DC how, is home. How did you all even meet? The internet is a wonderful thing. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, we um we both had individual blogs. This is going back to 2004. I love it. Let's go. 2005. We both were, were you know, the blogosphere, the black blogosphere wasn't that, wasn't that robust at that time. So, if you were a, a nigga who was blogging and had a fan base or whatever, then, you know, you just gravitated towards each other. And... I was a fan of his work. He was a fan of my work. We just connected. We stayed cool. We became friends. Then in 2008, we decided to come together and and do like a a Voltron type of shit. Wu Tang, yeah, you know, a collective. And, um, and we do smart brothers. And uh, <laughs> we 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 had a third partner back then too, Liz Liz Burr, who was kind of did all the back end and construction and all the technical bloggy shit that we just didn't want to do. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and you know, from that point, we just, then we've been working together, grew VSB up. We didn't actually meet in person until 2011. 
What? Wow. So for the first three years, it was just like... We wrote a book Well, actually, the first... Yeah, we wrote a book together. Yeah, we met at our our three-year anniversary party, which also (laughs) dealt with our book release party. Yo! Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, some some foreign exchange, Fonte Nicolet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it wasn't like you were even that far away. You were here in D.C. at the time, and you were three hours away in Pittsburgh. black. uh, You know, and I don't... For some reason... The Pittsburgh to DC distance seemed further than it actually is. Like That's because that drive is a really boring drive. I, we just there were there were boringer drives like Pittsburgh yeah. to Philly. You talking about a boring drive? That's a whole That's state longer. though. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. it's longer and you don't see shit. Yeah, between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, except for like mountains, cows, like. Um, car accidents. That, that's all you see. <laughs> yeah. What do you see between DC and Pittsburgh? I mean, there, it's broken. There's outlets in Hagerstown. Outlets, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. You have, um, Breezewood. Yeah, Breezewood's in the halfway point, so you got a nice little break. And you know, figure there's no hour excuse. 45 one way, hour 45 the other yeah. way. I think that's we fine. kind of yeah. like relished in the idea that we hadn't met in person, but were able to do so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of hoping that it would there'd be some climactic, you know, like there'd be something awesome on the, at the end of the rainbow when we finally did meet. And it wasn't very yeah. climactic at all. It was very much like, like yo, what's you know, up? I picked him up from the hotel. He got in the car. What's up? What's up? It kept it moving. All right, let's, yeah, go to, yeah. let's go eat. Let's go eat. Really hard. Yeah. 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 So it was a lot of gold, no rainbow, no strippers, yeah. nothing. It was very no confetti. Yo. No nothing. That's man. hilarious. But it's a good story. That's amazing. I love it. Story, amazing. Right? I like it. Yeah, yeah, so. How did you all get into writing? Like, was that just a passion or did you study journalism or English or some shit like that? I mean, I, I did. Like oh, my, you did? That um, was my, um, so your I, major? Like, I went to college on a basketball scholarship. Really? Yeah. Mm, okay. I hooped at uh, Canisius in Buffalo. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're a young black kid growing up, you know, you, especially, particularly if you're a young black kid and you have some sort of conscientiousness about you, you know that you're not supposed to admit that you want to play professional basketball. Because you know that that's the expectation. It's like, oh, yeah, you're from the hood, he's black, and he wants to hoop or be a rapper. So when people ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I was like, oh, I want to be in sports management, or I want to be a, a pharmacist, or a meteorologist, or wherever the fuck. And, but the reality was, I didn't want to be an NBA. <laughs> so I get to college, and I play against some dudes who are actually like NBA prospects. And it's like, uh, you know what? This, this this ain't in the cars for me. <laughs> yeah. Same, yeah. You know, I you know, I'm I'm six one, maybe six one and a half. I'm not a freak of nature athletically. You know, there's a lot of six one niggas out there who Yeah. <laughs> you know, South Dakota. Reality Hawaii, sunk in. You know, not, not even talking about DMV, New York, yeah. Jersey, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Right. And so it's like, well, you know, writing had always been a thing that I've been interested in. And so I started taking it really seriously once I got to college. And I started writing this really awful, terrible poetry, you know, because everybody wanted to be Darius Love Hall, Love Jones, and um, really bad poetry. And that kind of got me into <laughs> writing um, like essays and, and blogs. And I was an English major, so I was actually studying it too. And I remember you saying that you got your start writing, writing also writing awful poetry as yeah. like a... Yeah, I had a I had a job girls. in undergrad. Yeah, well, effectively, there was this dude that worked where I worked who wrote very bad poetry, but I noticed all the women enjoyed it. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I can do this too. So I st- I kind of started. I can write bad poetry, poetry as well as a joke to see what would happen, 
And it worked. What ha- well, it, it didn't give me any women, but people definitely were like, "Wow, that's deep." And I was like, "Are you guys kidding me?" <laughs> but what ended up happening at the same time was I started to enjoy the writing more. I stopped paying attention to who was reading it, and I started to enjoy it more and more. Um, and that turned me into like, I started writing nonstop, constantly. This is probably my junior senior year of college, and I went to college for economics, and I have a master's in public policy, so I was not English, journalism, anything. Um, I started blogging because a friend of our mutual friend who was one of the co-founders of Very Smart Brothers told me I should start blogging. She was like, you should, you know, you're funny, you should start writing. I was like, all right. She set up the stuff for me and I just started writing and then it just kind of kind of took off from there. It became something that I really enjoyed. Um, natural talent, raw talent, because obviously me and English struggle on occasion. If you talk to me on instant messenger of any sort, you know my spelling needs all the work on occasion. but. I genuinely fell in love with the art of writing, and I liked I liked the fact that I was able to use my voice to put my opinions out there. I used to be a conspiracy theorist, like I'm okay. I'm the original like Magic Johnson was in with the government, mm, Starbucks, and okay. the government gave him the cure for AIDS. I'm with you. I'm about to say, that's some dude They shit were too. trying to get I'm, him. I'm rolling. Dude, I'm rolling. Thing was like you know they let him open the Starbucks. Yes. Starbucks is the great gentrifier. So there was magic Starbucks all over the place. And it was so deep. Now, I remember one time it was in New York City, like 2004, it's like minus 20 outside. And all the homies decided to go into a Starbucks because it was cold. And I refused to go inside because my stand was that deep. Yeah. And they, one of my boys was like, wow, you, you're serious. Huh? I was like, I'm not going to Starbucks. Yeah. So point long story short, wow. I fell in love with writing <laughs> and I really enjoyed the ability to get our ideas and stuff out. And that's how I met him. You know, we're like two black dudes in this writing space who, there weren't a lot of us. And I liked his writing style. Um, very different, we had very different styles, but when we started together, it just meshed very well. You know what I mean? We were able to put something together that different types of people could enjoy. And we got to the ignorance and to the, to the shenanigans and here we are. I love it. Well, a question for you really quick. Have you been in Starbucks since then? I have been in Starbucks. Yeah, I, actually been wrote I saw article. him at Starbucks I last week. I lost my 17-year battle against Starbucks because I was working out of a workspace on M Street here in Southeast, and there wasn't a Dunkin' Donuts where I could get a, a, a best coffee, by latte. the way. And I went to Starbucks to get one, and was so pissed that it wasn't any good that I blew a 17-year boycott on a shitty over a five dollar. <laughs> I was so mad. Five dollar shitty $5. drink. Yeah, huh? Have you been back since? I have not been back okay. since. But I actually ended up in an article in the interview about that because somebody found an article I wrote was like, Can I talk to you about your boycott against Starbucks? So there was a whole interview that I was in recently about I'm doing my boycott. Starbucks ever again. Listen, I'm anti Starbucks. You know? <laughs> Which is hard because my wife really likes Starbucks. I don't really fuck with Starbucks. I don't think their coffee's even that good, to be honest. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't even I've never had coffee. coffee the coffee tastes great. Latte. Mm. Like, I literally went to Starbucks for, and it was trash. It was trash. <laughs> My God. You know, I've been a big fan of y'all writing, especially because when I'm reading it, it really feels like I'm, like, having a conversation with you guys instead of, like, reading it. I can kind of just hear your words, like, being spoken. And that's one thing I really enjoy. So I don't even know if you can go to school and learn that, but I think writing just comes to both of y'all supernaturally and I fucks with that. Very organic. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very fortunate in that word. How did you come up with the name Panama Jackson? Funny and why? Story. So I, Are you Panamanian? No, I'm not Panamanian. <laughs> but, I'm well, so, I get so it, I get it. That's a well, good, good thought. Thing, yeah. I'm originally from, I was born in Panama, so okay. I'm a military oh, brat. So okay. I was born in Panama, so I came to it naturally. All right. But, 
the story is actually really stupid. So I went to Morehouse <laughs> really College in Atlanta. I know that. I just run what I was born. I know that's the good story. The true story is I was so I was I went to Morehouse College in Atlanta. Senior week we go to Lake Lanier's this big um like water park like an hour north of Atlanta. For some odd reason, we're all walking into the entrance. I started walking through bushes. I don't know why, but this is what my he, was you like. weren't trying to pay. I I no, I was just walking through the bushes. Oh. Like, there's bushes, my spot. So I walking through. My man was like, "Yo, what's wrong with you? Who the hell you think you are, Panama Jack?" I was like, "Nah, I'm black. It's Panama Jackson." Literally that day, I go home and I register Panama Jackson on AOL Instant Messenger, and a star was born. Oh, wow. there you go. Wow. If we was if we was on like some game show, like Family Feud or whatever the fuck, and they asked me to to give your order, so I wouldn't have been able to. And I've heard it. And I've written it. I've written I've written it. it. I wouldn't have been able to repeat that story. Well, like, I'm from Panama is a much better story. Like, Panama, I feel it like sounds like a believable name. Man, so. part of me, Did no. your friend that gave you that name know you were born in Panama? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. you're going to my boy some A part of me feels like it's like the Joker, where the Joker had a different origin story each time he was asked. So I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that story changes. <laughs> it doesn't. That's written in articles from back in like 2005. Okay. That was one of the big questions. Everybody's like, yo, where did the name okay. Panama yeah. Jackson I'm going to vet, I'm gonna vet. Yeah. I'm gonna vet like, that story. We're going to hit the Wayback Machine, hit the Internet Archive. Okay. I'm going to pull the receipts. I've been telling it's the same so, story. So in 2008, very smart brothers forms yep. when uh, how did you all even figure out that it's super successful um just the, just the engagement you know and we we had we you know again we both have been blogging for a minute and we had like an established we had established fan bases there was some overlap with that too and so you know from like day one blog one we were getting hundreds of comments you know, all types of, you know, page views, retweets, and Twitter wasn't even, I think, maybe it just started, maybe it had started, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. I think is when Twitter started. Okay, yeah. 2006? So when Twitter started. Yeah. That early? Yeah, 04, 06, one of them. And so, yeah, we're getting... I thought it was a lot later, we're but okay. Lot, we're getting engagement immediately. And, you know, and that's the thing that, you know, when people ask about how to do, you know, whatever, what we did, how to do what I did, or whatever... I can't leave out that sort of validation because that that helps even if you're not getting paid for it. That still helps you keep going. Because you know you always you know you hear people on a panel who who, who write or create or whatever and like you know you should do what you do even if you're not getting paid for it. You should do what you do in you know in the darkness in the shadows and that's great and you should have like uh, a compulsion to create even without getting paid for it. Even though if they're giving money away, you should want to get it. At the same time, though, validation matters. You can't pretend like it don't. We can't pretend like seeing a bunch of people engage with your work, reading your work, doesn't encourage you even more to continue on. Because maybe, maybe if we don't get that encouragement, maybe if we, you know, that first month, that first, you know, year, it's like, holy shit, no one's read this. Yeah. Do we continue? Probably not. Probably it's like, you know, yeah, maybe this is. Yeah, you got a decision to make. Yeah, we got a decision to make. And, and again, at the time, we weren't making any money. So the validation doesn't always have to be financial. It could just be just this emotional, spiritual, almost a metaphysical thing that you can't see or touch yet, but you just feel it. Sure. Yeah. Success is an interesting question about that, too, because we didn't make any money off VSB for real until 2017. Like, for the most part, 
most of the money that we made because of VSB was because of all the speaking engagements or mm -hmm. events we were able to go to, like going to speak in all these universities and whatnot. Um, but what we did get was a lot of features. We got a lot of attention from outlets. We got the opportunity to go speak to racists on radio, speak to black folks who oh, listen on radio. We, we got a lot of opportunities to go be places we wouldn't otherwise mm -hmm. be. So success is a weird thing for us because it wasn't financial. Like it, it now we can say it's financial success. You know, we were able to sell the website and make, you know, for a pretty sizable amount of money and like financially hit that success. Mm -hmm. And that, that happened in 2017, 2017. With, with The Root. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We joined The Root who was owned by, at the time, Univision. Okay. And they came in, made an offer, and we decided it was the time both personally and professionally for both of us to take that. And we became employees of Univision, but through the root. So we were, we're both senior editors at the root now. Yeah. Even though we run very smart brothers pretty exclusively. Sure. Yeah. And and the thing with the with the with the arrangement too, and there were other entities that were interested that us about acquisition, partnership, Real fuck whatever. And not not all so a couple Some of them. them. <laughs> um but um and the thing that made us most comfortable with you know the the situation that we're in now you know, one is, and they had the best offer financially. That's, mm -hmm. you know, just to keep it. That's always know, good. Keep it above. That was, yeah. That's the truth. But also, we had a relationship with them. Like, we had already had a content share partnership with The Root. We already knew who Daniel Belton, who was editor-in-chief over there. I'd already met Donna Bird, who was a publisher there, and, and spent some time with her. Right. And so, you know, we had that good relationship, and we knew that once it happened, that we'd be able to continue to do what we do. And and, and, and and I know that when we when we announced the acquisition, there was most people were not happy, elated, you know, whatever. But there was some, you know, criticism about us. Oh, they about to change. Yeah, or yeah. we about to change. Yeah. Sold, out, sold out. Whatever. And I, yeah. I understand that. I I, I get that. Um, but our content hasn't changed yeah. at right. all. Still We've been same. able to do the exact same thing. And also for the people who who say that and again I understand the compulsion behind that but it's like what is the alternative yeah because you know we were doing this for free and this is a, <laughs> yeah. yeah, a full-time job yeah VSB and I had a full-time job and she had a full-time job for 14 years yeah wow all I was doing mm. VSB literally worked on the hill wow. and at the time I, I, I decided to start writing full-time and I've been writing full-time since about 2010 so I was, you know, I was working, I had a job at Ebony Magazine, GQ, all these other publications, but VSB was still, you know, the bulk, you know, took up the bulk of my time and, and resources and, you know, and we didn't charge anybody. We didn't have a subscription-based site. We didn't have any paywall. Yeah, we, we didn't even had any ads. ads. We barely had and any so ads. And so our, when people would come at us with that question, it was like, well, what would you rather us do? Just not do VSB? Because that's that's what it's coming down to because you know we both have wives we both have kids yeah and and for us that was just a situation that you know was the best of both worlds where we could get paid to do something that we've been doing for free and also get you know get paid well and get benefits and get benefits, yeah, yeah. benefits are important oh, benefits. you need that yeah. yeah you need that shit is real mm -hmm. yeah your whole family gets benefits right? yeah. 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 yeah yeah it's, it's a, professionally it was a, it was a great decision that yeah. we made especially for where we are in life you know, I think if we were 25 years old at the time and we would, you know, go get in a one bedroom apartment, one person sleep on the couch, one person sleeps on the floor and try to turn ourselves into Vice Media or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
we were grown men with grown men responsibilities. Of course. Yeah, I had mortgage. I had, you know, we, we were adults. Real shit. And we made a decision that has been beneficial for us and for the root. And it's been very smart for us, I think. It was it was the right decision. Yeah. The right time for who we are, who we were, and where we're, where we're trying to go. So you guys have obviously been in the game for a minute now and i mean think about where you guys started out and being content creators and at that time there was i don't think there was anything like take creative control out at the time obviously not right and you guys just came out of this event tonight where you're seeing um intellectual property protection for people like you you guys what, what's your thoughts on the event and how did you guys even get involved with take creative control yeah so i honestly have no recollection of how i first got involved with this. <laughs> you like, just got thrown in several, <laughs> um, I, I i was trying to remember this earlier today how did i sign up at this point i'm pretty like i i've done several events yeah i've been I did an event in miami it's a great event so i you know i honestly do not remember the first time but i know um, Kim Tignor hits me up whenever these events are happening and is like, you know, can you can you come be a part of this in some way, shape, or form? You're local, and I love the idea of it. I like the i I like the idea of it because of what it represents for a lot of artists and creators who don't really know what to do to make sure that they are, you know, the the businessman that Jay Z claims, right? You know, we were able, we were very lucky. Like, you know, our story is is unique in that we were able to do what we were doing for such a long period of time and level it up in a way that we were able to, to, to capitalize on our name, a brand that we created and one that was very true to us. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't have that same opportunity, right? right. They, they don't know where to start. Say like most they people don't, know. yeah, mm. you're right, and most people. Yeah. We're, we're, very, we're very fortunate in that regard. So events like this that allow you to come in and talk to lawyers about your options. For free. For, yeah, free. for free. For free. And about what it is that you're doing and how you can monetize it or how you can take the, the pains to protect your work. You know, fortunately, we didn't need it, right? We had we, we built such a unique brand that nobody was really trying to come and take it. But we weren't doing a crazy dance on Instagram that all of a sudden ends up in Fortnite. You know right. what I mean? We weren't, yeah. we weren't De La Soul in 1990, who was fighting with Tommy Boy. You know, yeah. I mentioned that, you know, I, I had the pleasure to moderate or to host the event. And, you know, one thing that always comes back to me is De La Soul is Dead is my favorite hip hop album of all time. Yeah. Um, I still remember where I was when I heard it for the first time. And they're in the fight for their financial lives over this album that they can't, I they know. can't make any money off of. And they, you know, they just recently gave up again. You know, they're like, we yeah. just, we can't come to an agreement. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We so basically just, up. yeah, you know, if you see this album anywhere, know that we're not getting a penny from it. Yeah. You know, the truth That's is crazy. we signed a contract way back when that was was label friendly, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's in a lot of people got stuck in those type of deals, which is why everybody's so happy for the the chances of the world who do do this stuff independently. Like they're they're able to, you know, make their money the way that they should. And I think it's because people like the, the the lawyers that are here giving out free advice are able to get to those folks like you don't need to go that way right you can do this on your own it might be a longer road but you can get there yeah yeah and you know i think that's an invaluable resource and one that i hope more people take away take away from and take to other people in the community and let them know that these resources are available because 
I mean, literally every one of us, everybody sitting in this room in some way, shape or form has something of value like in their mind right now. And the only difference is some people take that thing, put it on paper and then run with it and go make all the millions. And the rest of us are talking about what we could have been doing. You know, there's a there's a huge gap between those and it doesn't have to be. And I think events and organizations like, you know, the Institute for Intellectual Property and Social Justice make sure that that gap closes. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a there's a history, you know, there's, there's a long history, decades long, centuries long history of. Of black and brown people getting fucked <laughs> out of you know royalties, out of percentages, out of contracts, out of money, um, and 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 often it's because of a lack of education. Often it's because you know we just want we just want to get on. Yeah. You know, so we're just gonna sign whatever that'll that'll give us that platform and let us be on and not really look at or not have a person look at. The, the contract not have the resources to do that and so you know it's easy to say you know to be the you know the the Monday morning quarterback and say well you shouldn't have signed that contract you shouldn't right. have signed that deal it's always easy to say that high side but you know if you, you're 20 21 years old you're hungry you got this product you just you're not even you're not thinking about what's going to happen when you're 40 you're not thinking about what's going to happen when you're 22 you're thinking about Okay, I have this this opportunity, so I'm going to take it, and I'll sign whatever. And yeah, they're giving. They're, I've been broke my entire life. Now I got a, this advance. Now I can drive a car. Now I can move my mom out of wherever she's living. I can get a place. You know, and 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 I, and I think that you know, it services that that exist now are invaluable, because you know, for people who are able to take advantage of them, it just it 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 helps prevent that happening as frequently it still happens yeah i mean it still happens to multi-millionaires i mean it could have happened to us real yeah, talk could've like, we could have signed our deal and gotten screwed out of it you know what i mean and the thing is and we had we had lawyers yeah. he had his own lawyer i had my own lawyer going through working mm. together looking through the contract you know so that you know i also had like an eight literary agent at the time who had some you know experience with, with contracts and whatever but we you know some of the stuff that was in the contract i mean we smart very <laughs> but, smart but, brothers. But, but, <laughs> but at the same time i mean you're talking about documents that are that are you know 20 30 pages long yeah right? and know what the what the fuck this means, or this yeah. means shit is written means. in hieroglyphics yeah yeah people tell you to read your contract but like, they don't i don't say understand it yeah you don't know what it's saying yeah so you know we're 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 fortunate that we were you know one of my lawyer was one of my best friends you know what i mean like luckily we're at the age where our friends are successful and they're right. able to do mm-hmm. these things you know so this is somebody who had a vested interest in making sure that i was taken care of right and you know we do I still have them look over stuff every so often. Like, dude, can you go back and reread that just to make sure that, you know, just just because. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have several of my close friends are lawyers, like in various various types of law, some entertainment lawyers, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm fortunate to have that. But imagine if you don't like, you know, you're somebody who's just trying to get in it. And somebody puts a check for $50,000 in front of you. Like you said, that's the most money you've ever seen. Yeah. Right. No matter what you're talking about on your records, that's the most money you've ever seen in one place. And it's legit. Yeah. You might be inclined to most people go ahead and take it. that yeah, money. Of course. You know, especially yeah. if you got a family. Sign your you life kids away. Or whatever. It's yeah. like, you know, 
it says that I'm gonna be good. Yeah. But you know, like, how many people think I need a lawyer to look at this first? I mean, that's why. That's why I love and why I continue to work with this organization in this event because I think what it brings is worthwhile. Yes, it is legitimately a worthwhile event, and you know, people end up here that need. They don't even know they need to be here talking to lawyers. They don't even realize they need to to have those conversations because they just don't know what the conversation looks like or where it even started. But you know, if you got somebody who's been there that can start the convo for you, and then you realize, oh wow, wait, you're saying I can, I need to do this, I need to do that. I mean, that's, got right, it's map right it out for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you don't, it's yeah. Valuable, man. You like, don't know what you don't know sometimes. David, you just you just wrote a book. I did. Yeah. What's the name of it? Uh, what doesn't kill you makes you blacker. What is uh? What's it about? It's a it's a it's a memoir and essays. Like each each essay can exist as its own entity. So it's a memoir, but you could just just pick up pick it up in the middle, and you won't be lost because each essay kind of just again it exists on its own on its own merit. But um, it's a it's a look at the angst, the anxiety, the absurdity of existing while black in America and so it's a it's a humor book also I mean I, I think that there are, there are some funny parts of <laughs> it I attempted to make some parts funny um, it's also a look at Pittsburgh it's a it's a it's a it's a look at my family it's a critique of masculinity of, of patriarchy of white supremacy of America okay um, you know and I try to just fit all of that in in, in the book and um and yeah, it's it's uh, for people who are familiar with my work from VSB. Most of that stuff is are like these reactive um, takes on pop culture, politics, whatever. Something happens in the news, I write about it, you know, or something I experience, you know, just regular day of life sort of shit, and I write about it. But this is like a more vulnerable, transparent work where I, you know, dive into like a lot of self-consciousness, a lot of anxieties, a lot of insecurities, whatever. And, um, yeah, that, that's it. More personal. Yeah, yeah, a lot more personal than, than I get on VSB. Although, it, it, since I started writing a book, I've started getting a lot more personal on VSB too. Like, the, the stuff I've been writing there has been kind of reflecting the stuff that's that's in my book. Dope. That's really dope. Oh, All right. Yeah. What's, uh, what's next for y'all? Uh, anything question. else? That's a, that a very good question. You know, it's funny until you, you know, when you started talking about how we're we're doing so much different types of stuff. I never really thought about it. I mean, between the two of us, you know, I have a podcast that I do on the show Queen Sugar because I love that show. I know? love that show too. You know, um, you know, and I do, you good know, I show. do that, and you know, we're doing events, and he's touring the country on his book. Like we're actually doing a lot of different types of stuff, and I never. I think when you're in when you're in it, you never sit back and really think about all the stuff you've done. Like I don't know that I've ever really thought about our success in a way like to you know like wow we've actually accomplished a lot because a lot. I think we're still writing that story. Yeah, so to speak. yeah, for yeah. sure. Sometimes you got to step back and look at everything that's going yeah. on. Yeah, you know, so and, you it's, and it's and it's so when people ask like what's next, I'm always like you know just keep doing what we've been doing. And but the thing is, you, you kind of never know what what opportunities are going to present themselves, yeah. right? I mean, we we both have individual goals and, and, and desires you know his book is out and it's a wonderful book and everybody should read it um, black white other it doesn't matter it's genuinely a good book about life there's something to take from it 
you know, and I hope to write a book eventually myself, you know, but I also want to get more into, you know, multimedia stuff, video and television and those type of things. And I, I realize now, you know, we're I'm 40 years old. So it sounds like that's old, but you realize until you're dead, this is all still open territory and everything. So hopefully we get the opportunities to get into all this other stuff that we want to do. You know, one day you'll see, you'll see us on TV. You'll see us talking our shit on television or on radio in some way, shape, or form. Just, I don't know, or maybe we're just going to be right until the cows come home. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's the way that it goes. But we doing all right. Yeah. What we've been doing. Yeah. Somehow everything has been working out for us in That's a dope. very oddly beneficial way. No need to reinvent the wheel now, I think. Yeah. I love I it. I agree. <laughs> What's the podcast? Anything else? What's the podcast? I mean, very yeah. smart brothers. They yeah, did very it. smart they brothers. Done, What's bro. the name of the podcast? Your podcast? It's called Bourbon and Bordelons. Ah, so okay. We, we sip we sip a little brown liquor while we're talking about uh, every episode. All right. Um, yeah, just something. I, I love the show, and I decided that I wanted to bring some of my friends together. Yeah. Also watch the show and talk about it. And I kind of have a, a, a relationship with with own with the network. So um, shout know, out they, to Oprah. Yeah, shout out to Oprah. Come on um, the show, Oprah. Yeah. So they, yeah, right. He could probably make it happen. I mean, he, Come on, he had a, Panama. He had a voicemail from Oprah. Oprah did call me once, so that was pretty cool. Did she really? <laughs> Oprah's the fed, y'all. Like, <laughs> what did she say? I, I wrote. So I wrote an article about Queen Sugar. Yeah. Um, and so that was like, I think it must have published like ten o'clock in the morning. At noon, I get a phone call from unknown number, and I'm black, so I don't answer those. Right? Yeah. So I was like, nah, I don't know who that is. I don't do that. But, you know, I get like this minute and a half long voicemail. I listen to it and I just hear, Panama, it's Oprah Winfrey. Oh, man. Oh, shit. I don't know you. you <laughs> I, I, I was like, wait, what? what, what, what? I'm like, oh. Was it a block number or just unknown? Yeah, it was just unknown. Oh, I mean, it wasn't blocked. Oh. But, you know, and I, you know it's, it's like a minute and a half of Oprah Winfrey telling me why she loved the article. So it's not like some, hey, good job. It was like she yeah. literally explained why she loved what I wrote. And did she leave a phone number at the end? Call me back. What she said was, "I'll call you back," and she never did. That's okay. <laughs> that's quite alright. That's right okay. Because, yeah, know, that's some, some people dope. Are like, man, aren't you mad you didn't answer the phone? That's almost like, no, better than a conversation. You have the recording. Yes. If I answer the phone now, one person would have believed it. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody. So I, I let him know. Let my wife know. I'm like, yo. Listen, I sent the voicemail to people and I was like, dude. You should have snippets from that be the intro to every podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I plan on kicking Panama off my own Oprah. podcast. And, well, yeah, so I plan on my own podcast. Panama is party. Oprah. Yeah, and that's going to be part of it. Like, the, I like, love it. It's, it You'll you probably know, get another phone call. Maybe. But you know, that, that kind of speaks to just the how fortuitous this has all been, right? Like, who knew when we started, a, you know, blogging? Years ago, that one day, yeah. Oprah Winfrey yeah. would pick up Leave the phone. Voice That's and, crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'd be, we'd be, you know, it's funny because you get to, we get to meet all these famous people. So, like, it's not even, it's not even a thing like it used to be. You get to meet all, these, and you find out they're reading what we write. Because they read. I mean, yeah, they, it's they like, yeah, they're like, 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 that you guys were like, what? Who would that be for I you? Mean, I mean, shit, it's well, Oprah. Well, Oprah, Oprah reading. Oh, yeah. Oprah, of course. Yeah, yeah, Oprah, yeah. Other than Oprah. Questlove was a huge fan of yours. 
Right. Like that was. That That's was, not surprising to me. Was, I see that. Yeah. He yeah. wrote. He wrote an article. I think about Eric about Eric about Yeah. Well, you know, you get Ava DuVernay, shout us out, mm-hmm. Don Cheadle. Like you get. Wow. Yeah. You know, you get wow. these. You know, I, I've been the things I've probably forgotten more than I can remember how many people because it's it's not so commonplace. But you know, it's just you. It becomes part of it. Like wow, man, we really have. You find out number one, the normal people paying attention to all this stuff about them too. But it's like. Why you get all these individuals just paying attention and mm-hmm. reading, re- putting eyes on our website, and you never know, putting you in positions where we could do things, and that's dope, man. It's, it's a pretty, it's a charm life, man. Like, this is, it's a pretty charm life. I have no complaints. I can't complain about anything. Like, <laughs> happy, I'm genuinely happy yeah. with, with where we've managed to take this website. Just a random idea that we came up we needed a name for the site. I was like, yeah, we need a name for a website. On beat, without Mr. Beat. How about Very Smart Brothers? Me? Cool. Boom. Like, it came together. <laughs> that was it. It came together. Like, the inception of ESB as a site literally happened in under like three minutes. It yeah. was really that quick. It was just like, we should do a website. He was like, okay. I was like, we need a name. How about Very Smart Brothers? Cool. Done. I mean, it Done. was literally just that. That's awesome. It was just that. That's awesome. That's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. And, and, you know, that's a testament, one, to us just being kind of on the same wavelength for sure and being close enough to not let anything come between us in a significant way you know we just we we just good you know what i mean we're we're lucky and good and very smart brothers luckily the talent has been, been able blessed. to, to maintain to help us yeah, keep doing it sure. Definitely been yeah. blessed and highly favored <laughs> shout out to tubi clark dope man well, shit, thank you for joining us, fellas. Yeah, we appreciate y'all. We're going to be following y'all journey and see what, what happens next. And uh, I'm sure we'll see you guys at the next Take Creative Control event as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. What's the podcast? We're back. Shout out. Very Smart Brothers. That was a very smart interview. Um, <laughs> Were they smarter than us? A little bit. We'll let the, we'll Slightly. They're a little we'll bit smarter. Slightly. We'll let the, we'll let the, we'll let the yeah. streets decide. Slightly. Um, the streets got out. us. If we go to the streets, we're going to win every time. That's every true. time. That's true. If we go to the intellectuals, they'll probably they win. They got us. Yeah. They got us by like a little bit, though. Gets us. The streets can't fuck with us, we're, though. We're they they for, can't fuck with us on the streets. land when we take it to the Shout out to them, though. But, um, <laughs> you know, shout out to the What's the Podcast crew. We're, we're, we're killing it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're killing it. And now we have our special guest... Um, the one and only Kimberly Tignor. There you go. Creator and uh, take of, creative of control herself. Herself, excuse me. Kim, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> so, what's up, Kim? How's everything? How was the event? Uh, it was good. It was good. It was good. We had a good turnout. I right. was shocked. I couldn't believe everybody came. On time. That's always been a problem. Wasn't a problem this year. I was very, very thrilled. Tight. How did Take Creative Control even come about? So Take Creative Control came about because I was literally... So the Institute for Intellectual Property and Social Justice, right? That's the organization. Um, It's kind of like the mother organization for it. And it's a body of work. And that's the organization you're the executive director of. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, So essentially... It's a body of work that was created by Latif and Tima, right? And I was at a lecture by Latif and Tima, and 
what happened was is that he was talking to all the creatives in the room about intellectual property and how people of color have had this long history of having our creative work stolen from us, right? From be it like the do-rag. So y'all know the history of the do-rag? So essentially, like you have these brothers who are putting just um, stockings on their head, right? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, they're taking their their wife, their girlfriend, whatever, their stocking putting on their head. But see, then you have other folks that are in the community that have resources and they're watching what these brothers are all doing, right? So then what do they do? They go, they put a nice little package around it, they put a little strand on it and they sell it right back to us. They literally sell our intellectual property right back to us. They get it trademarked, they get it copyright, and they, they, they own the intellectual property that we were the ones that came up with that very thing, right? Wow. So you think about the whole reason why Motown had to exist was because we have like this long history of having our music stolen from us, right? Because we just didn't understand the power of the works that we were putting out there. And um, the money behind it. That's right. That's right, right? So it's it's the money, it's the narratives, right? It's our ability to tell our own stories as opposed to having other people tell our stories for us. So at any rate, I'm listening to this lecture and I'm like, I can't believe that traditional civil rights organizations aren't working on this issue, right? Because I'm a civil rights person. I've worked at a bunch of civil rights organizations. It's in my blood. I care about it. Um, any rate, I was really inspired. I felt like this was a source, this was a way for people of color to really make like real money. Like if y'all want to look at like who the billionaires are, it's the patent and copyright owners. It's the cats that like own the intellectual property. Those are the folks with like the real money. And you think about, I mean like, even like the intellectual property of Madam C.J. Walker, who was like the first black millionaire, right, with hot comb. Intellectual property, that is the true way to like building wealth and bringing it back into our community. And so, you know, he's created this entire body of work that looks at how we can ensure that people of color are like brought back into these intellectual property systems to try to level the field. Because, it's, I mean, it's crazy if you really think about it. Like, we're new to the game and like the game that folks are playing, we've missed out, but we can catch up. And it's because of just how special and like the sauce and the the we bring something special to the conversation right mm-hmm. i mean the field is just so it is it's not level y'all like it's completely stacked against us but despite that we just keep shining because we just have these fantastic ideas so at any rate my the whole body of work and what just became really clear to me is that you know with tech and how we're able to like just sell our stuff directly to people now we don't have to wait we don't have to wait till we have a brick and mortar we don't have to wait till we have you know a bank telling us that whatever it is that we're selling is worth something we can literally just reach our audience and build our audience directly it's like a real moment that we're having and we can really start bringing some money back into our community because not only are we coming up with dope stuff i feel like we finally figured out that we want dope stuff from our own right like we want to get it from our own so it's like a special moment so i just think that the work is really timely so so what is take creative control what what do you do at these clinics so we have conversations we do panels i kind of talk to folks about intellectual property i feel like one of the things that marginalized community people of color that we miss out on is that you know, at a lot of dinner tables, when, you know, Becky and John have a really good idea, their parents are like, oh, you should talk to a lawyer, right? But we're not necessarily having those conversations. We don't have a lawyer just on dial up that we can call and have and come and just talk to them about whatever stupid idea that they have. And so this is just us trying to create those moments to say, yo, you got mm-hmm. a good idea? 
maybe you should talk about talk to a lawyer. Maybe you should think about you know before we just start pushing stuff out because that's what our people yeah. do, right? Like we just push it out, push it out, push it out because we don't think about how valuable it is. We're just hoping that it sticks. We just hope that it goes viral. We don't really think about how it can be monetized. Like you think about the kid that was yodeling at Walmart. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, yeah of course. Yodeling at Mo- he put a record out. Yo, he was lawyered up like a day later. Yeah, he was like doing he went, Super Bowl. He went viral. He was lawyered up like yeah. that. Right? <laughs> wow. Yeah. You talk about Shorty whose eyebrows on fleek. She never got a lawyer. Right, because nobody yeah. was talking to her like, "Yo, you got a moment. Like, yeah. you need to monetize this." Yeah, that and Fleek just ran with people of every color, and they kind of took it in from her, Absolutely. didn't they? Yeah, it's not hers anymore. No, absolutely, that's At the all. thing. Yeah. It's not hers anymore. Yeah. that's the whole Damn. thing. And so it's just that's what we do. We just push it out, and we wait for everyone else to tell us that it's of value. Right, that's but too by, late. The, by the time that's right, like by the time they're telling us it's of value, it's stolen, yeah. and it just changes the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, we're just trying to have those conversations earlier, earlier, earlier. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Tell Domo to come. Open the door for a She's like... <laughs> Open the door, Stevie. A lot of people in here. You are on the interview list. Sit down for we got you. We got you. We got a seat for you. Is a mic for you. Yeah. No, it's being yeah. recorded. Okay, okay, okay. Who's seeing my ceiling right now? That's What's the podcast? What's the podcast? Whatever. Take creative control. We're being joined by DJ Extraordinaire, Creative Extraordinaire. DJ Dora Winifred, <laughs> a.k.a. Damo. Why, 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 why would you do that? Why would you do that? It's official, B. Yeah, I've known you for a while. We used to be co-workers, you know what I mean? I'm not DJ Dora Winifred. The government name. Rude. You don't want to drop the government name. First of all, my government, I have no problem We've known you since Hell's Bells t-shirts. The government has had it for 10 years, bro. We've known you since Hell's Bells t-shirts. The U.S. Department has my shit all over the internet, dog. Like, I'm showing my age right now. You gotta relax. Thank you very much for joining us real quickly. We appreciate you. Um, Thank you for being part of Take Creative Control as well. Look, she's breaking the. You did a fantastic job tonight. We're breaking the glass ceiling. You're a bunch of liars. You liars. Did a great job tonight. First female guest. The most judgmental group of motherfuckers I know. (laughs) High quality. You did a great job. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, Eddie. (laughs) Nah, we know you killed him. We know you killed him. Nah, we heard you at the beginning, so it was great. Yeah. Oh my god. But thank you for joining us. Yeah. Uh, Kim was giving us a breakdown on the official, you know what I'm saying, the reasons for the take creative control, like why the actual clinic exists and things of that nature. And um it was very, very intellectual. It was very Sorry. like yeah, eyebrow. Kind of no, nah, you had to do it, you know what I'm saying? It's, nah, it's, that's, that's us too. That's real though. I mean, yeah. it's like, yeah, what panel know. will you want? Um, the one that was about music streaming and just the, the future of music. The future of music in this digital age. So we had four very substantive panelists that held up that conversation <laughs> very well. Sean was about to like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Sean's from Sound Exchange. Yeah. He's from Chicago. Yeah. He's like, he's Commons dude, right? I probably. I think that sounds about right. That sounds Common about right. came to our party nine years ago and he, that dude was with Common. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. He was he was very good. Um and we had Manny Wells and then we had um the two others, Lita. Yeah. Lita's fantastic. Yes. And then there's one person I'm forgetting. Let's see. Who's Lita May oh, AJ, AJ. El Calajero Ramos. Yes. Mm. And yes. he used to be with Spotify. 
Um, and he's just like a. He's a DJ. He did was on air personality yeah, for yeah. like radio, Mega yeah. ninety seven in yeah. New York or something. He's from New York. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 It was very good. It was. I, I felt like it was very good. I think people felt informed. Um, I think um, he got he got a lot into distribution, which I think was was helpful because that's a whole nother nuanced conversation that artists I don't think ever understand. Um, but yeah, it was good. I think people felt informed. But it's hard for me because I can never tell like what people are ready to have conversations about, right? Um, I mean. I think you did a good job of having people that represented different pieces of the industry because clearly like Sean and Lita they they knew very much about like the legals the legal side of things as far as um that bill was concerned that's being passed and they were be- able to speak to how that impacts artists and then you had Manny who's like an artist and a producer and a writer who could speak from his perspective and then you know this person who's been in streaming and radio like I think that they all kind of gave good pieces and then they made themselves available to have conversations afterwards so people were talking to them a lot I saw a lot of people going oh, up really? to each yeah I saw people going up to each of them with with questions so so Kim Kim what's next for Take Creative Control what are you oh, hoping happens yeah. next well, I mean, so for Take Creative Control, like this, the next city that we're headed to is Miami. And so that's going to be in February. Yes. And so our confirmed cities, thank you. They were really good, Black Alley. Yeah, um, they were. Yes, we have Black Alley, y'all. It was excellent. And these guys down here have no idea because they were no, stuck. No, we missed it. Podcast Jerome the podcast. No, so he's time. DJ for them before. You know how yeah, good they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're amazing. They're so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so our confirmed cities are Miami, New York, L.A., um, there's one more, Chicago. Nice. That's for slated for 2020. 2020. Yeah. And then always D.C. Always, always, always D.C. Oh. Beautiful. Need air horns. I hope y'all add an air horn. We go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. What's the podcast? Take Care of Control 2019. We appreciate everybody who came out, listened, contributed, RSVP'd, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back next year, too. We'll be back next year. Absolutely. We'll be, in, we'll be everywhere. Oh, we are yeah. we're, traveling. We're traveling. We're traveling. We're traveling. Okay. I know. And shout out to Rock Creek Social Club. We're, we're shout out to cities. Uncle Scooty. Shout out to We're in all Scooty the cities. God. What's the podcast? Domo Rock Creek Home. Thing. Yeah, I mean, listen. Shout out to Damo. You know what I mean? Guys did your thing. Take Care so, Control. Put us in the budget. Yeah. <laughs> 